What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. I am Ronan Gain. Joining me as always, Chris Nambu. Thank you all so much for making Coast to Coast your first listen for NBA coverage. Remember, you like what you're hearing, please subscribe. We are free and available on all podcast platforms and also on YouTube. Just search Coast to Coast NBA Podcast. Today, we're going to be finishing out our series on the teams with the most questions to answer ahead of the new season, taking a look at the Atlanta Hawks and the Orlando Magic before finishing out with a draft and another new segment that, that uh, should be a lot of fun, me and Chris going head-to-head there. But before we get started, Chris, how you doing, man? Pretty good, man. we still got some uh, some parts of the summer left. You can feel it starting to slip away here in Boston, but just enjoying those last couple, uh, couple weeks of summer. And uh, we're getting closer to the NFL season. That'll hold us over before... Uh, with NBA. You excited for your Giants or no? Mm. Uh, mm. A little bit? No? Can't get that out of you? I mean, I, I wasn't excited last year and they showed up. So I guess I, if I stay unexcited, they can't disappoint me. So I, I think they could they could still surprise. I've, I've, I've be more, been exci- more excited as a Jets fan. That's the only thing. Uh, ugh. Ugh. So don't, <laughs> don't ever. Have you seen those videos of Aaron Rodgers already yelling at his wide receivers? Oh, yeah. Great, great example for Zach Wilson. But, um, but back on the NBA side. Uh, because if you even mention the name Justin Fields, this podcast will completely this I'll, <laughs> I'll go over an hour. But pretty excited to talk about Hawks here. Hawks, a lot of questions. Uh, Quinn Snyder only coached was it 12 games? Trey Young saying a lot of positive things. John Collins finally traded, so we don't have to talk about that in this podcast and talk about a million fake trades that that finally went down. Um, where do we start with this team that was just two wins away? from an NBA Finals birth and Trey Young's young career, a team with a young star that cannot lose this past behind him of being traded for Luka Doncic. Like there, there's so many, there's so much past in history to a team that should be so young and should have so much hope, but right now is facing like a really big prove it season in Quinn Snyder's first year. Yeah, there's there's a lot of pressure on this Atlanta Hawks team. There's a lot of pressure on on uh, on Trey Young for a guy that, in terms of just putting up stats, he's always going to do it. But the the question marks are just so big about what he can do as a leader, what he can do as the as the lead guy on a team, and can he really deliver the consistent playoff success, consistent winning seasons? So the pressure is really on him, and the pressure's on Quinn Snyder coming in. Obviously, a very good coach. But this is a situation that there's a lot of question marks. Is it the right fit? They went and made the big trade to get DeJounte Murray in. Is it a good fit with him and Trey? Can he figure that out? Can they get a bit more defense? Can they finally have some decent spacing on the floor? I mean, their spacing was god-awful last year. And they've obviously traded off John Collins. So now they're going to give more opportunities to a couple of guys like, like Sadiq Bay, like AJ Griffin to try and hopefully get a bit more shooting into the team. Will that make a big difference? But it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to watch this Hawks team because in terms of like a, just the roster, you're like this is a team that surely should be at least close to top six in the in the East for most of the season. If they maybe they fall into the playing, fair enough. But on the whole, as as overall roster in terms of star talent and and good vets and solid young guys, like they they've they've got the the makeup on paper. Yeah, yeah. There, when you when you really put these names together and then you put Quinn Snyder together, I, I think just starting the conversation off of like hot or cold. Like when you think about a roster constructed on Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Hunter, John John Collins is not there. So we're thinking Sadiq Bay, 
or AJ Griffin? Who's that? That's one question I have before we even take the temperature here. It's like, who's going to be the primary wing on this team, or do they play them both? We've we've seen we've seen uh, a lot of small ball from Quinn Snyder over the years, and I think Sadiq can play. He's strong enough to play the four. Um, defensively, I think that's his best position. So maybe we do kind of project that they would be AJ Griffin at the three and uh, Sadiq Bay at the four. Clint Capella, whether or not he's going to be traded, and that's a big question I have. That that's the biggest question I think for the Hawks is if these trade rumors for Pascal Siakam come up. But just thinking about those five and looking at the over under, which is forty two point five. I don't I don't think they have too much of a bench. I mean, you 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 have to factor in Bogdan. Uh, you factor in some of the energy you get from Okongwu, um, and then outside of that the depth on this team isn't super high. I, I am I am really, really, really intrigued about Jalen Johnson. Even though he's had an inefficient year last season, still a young player, still very raw. He's got a lot of tools that if he were to put things together under the right training, could make an impact. But given kind of, I think their big problem is a lack of depth and that starting five. How do you feel about that over-under? Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> I'd be tempted to take the over on it considering they won 41 games last year and now they're going to have a full season of Quinn Snyder. And you hope that that Young and Murray can, can find a way to kind of fit that bit better. Because like on paper, when you looked at it, you were like, okay, we got this elite scoring guard who can't really play defense. We're going to pair him with a guy, who a guard who can play very good defense. But unfortunately, neither of them are really great playing off the ball and they both always want the ball in their hands. So there's the, the, the trouble comes from that. And obviously, like I mentioned, the spacing is, is going to be, was a big issue for them last year and getting rid of, of uh, John Collins was important for that. Sadiq Bay shot 40% from, from deep for them last year. AJ Griffin was shooting 39%. I believe that AJ Griffin could take a jump if he gets more minutes, still obviously a raw talent, but you think that, that, little bit of differential they they can get a bit more shooting within this team and and hopefully they can find a bit of a better balance between Murray and and Young then you look and you thinking yeah they could they could go and win 45 46 games next year yeah so I mean stylistically like you mentioned the off-ball shooting um I think we talked about it last year when the trade happened like how theoretically it worked and it's always easy to blame coaching right it's always easy to see the outcome is not what uh, you imagine it could be and say, well, Nate McMillan was not a creative coach. I mean, it, it seems like that is, you know, the general consensus and that seems like that is to blame for stagnation, but also you can think about the natural habits of a player is Trey Young naturally a catch and shoot player. Um, his percentage on low volume would suggest so always being a plus 40% uh, catch and shoot player, but not having the habits to relocate, not having the habits to, necessarily um look for those off-ball opportunities but again Quinn Snyder whole summer under that and with the buy-in that we seem to see maybe maybe that's a change that we see and I was talking about questions for this team I think it's how do players evolve under a Quinn Snyder system and I think we have to come back to that question again and think about if Trey Young can be a movement shooter can really uh adapt to being a guy without the ball and shooting off the ball because I think that's I don't know if you agree with me, but I think that between Trey Young's ability as a lob passer in the pick and roll, as his ability as a point guard in general, like having the 
having the IQ to really make the extra pass and really make the right read. His deep ball is a unique threat. While it's not efficient, like that's something that this team should focus on getting back to. And how do you do that? And I don't think the answer is letting him just rip it from 33 feet, five seconds into the shot clock off the dribble, like find more actions for him to get wide open for him to have a second to, to dip, to shoot and not be being chased by the best defender in the other team. So we, I mean, we'll, we'll see how, how things look in preseason too. I think that's what we'll, we'll right away see like the new sets that they've been working on. Um, Cause Quinn Snyder's program has been notoriously hard to adjust to talked about that with the jazz. I think last year about how Donovan Mitchell definitely had to um, adjust into that. Mike Conley had to adjust into that and players have said how difficult it is to adjust to. So are you expecting that change to happen? And if, if it doesn't happen, if it doesn't happen in this one summer, is that is that kind of prognostic for this is ultimately not the team? He's not the player for this team for Quinn Snyder in the future if he does not evolve into that type of player given his deficiencies. Yeah, I would start to think that it's it's kind of like it's on one hand, you're like, where could they really go if if Trey Young is not their guy? Are they kind of just stuck with it and they just kind of have to find some way of making making Trey Young play, making this team all around Trey Young and letting him just kind of do his own thing. But the best guys know they have to make adjustments. And if Trey Young wants to be at the top level, he wants to be a guy who's going to be all NBA and all star, even in the conversation for MVP awards, he's got to make adjustments. He's got to change his game. He's got to build on those weaknesses. We all know the strengths that he has, but, you kind of focus the last kind of year or two, the main focus has been on his deficiencies and his weaknesses. So he should be looking at that and thinking, I got to improve here. This is, this is a, a really big experience for him. Is he going to be a guy in the NBA or is he just going to be another star who had the talent, but didn't fulfill on it? That's what this yep. year is going to be about. And I think Quinn Snyder is a guy who should demand the respect and, and to, be able to get a guy like Trey Young to really buy in and commit because he's not a guy you're bringing in and thinking, all right, it doesn't work after six months. We're going to ditch him. That's not going to happen with Quinn Snyder. They gave him a nice big contract. They are going to, they're committed to him for the long haul and Trey Young has to do the same. Yep. And, and I think I, I completely agree with that. Like he, he needs to, to buy into that. And I think he, I think he is. I mean, you look at his, um, not to say this is how it'll play out because it, it, Players can always have buy-in during the offseason. It's during the regular season when is there that chemistry where they can actually rely on each other. But it, it seems like he is excited to be learning something new, to be trying something different. It seems to be that that's the focus is different. It's not – I think there, there's a certain tone you get from players when there's a new coach, and it's, like, about them. It's about how they're going to get theirs, and they're going to finally be able to play the way they want to play. I think you see that from guys like Kyrie. Um, but I think he's he seems to be saying the right things. But yeah, I I think if, if we're looking at Trey Young and he's again, I mean, like if you look at it last season, 33% from three shot. He had his best season though that year before that, 38%, before that, 34, and maybe we'll just scratch that 32% uh freshman year season. But if he is 48th again, anywhere between that 48 to 50 and three point attempt rate. That's just some, that's just not tenable, I think. And, and I think a lot of people are burning him for for having those comments about needing to shoot more threes 
at the end of the season because everyone's like, well, you sucked at shooting three. Well, yeah, but it, maybe it's it's the the kind of shots he's getting because he he his level of difficulty on these threes is I think what's been killing not just his percentage but the team. Um, he can't be that small of a player. He can't be that limited as a player and not fully invest his offensive talents onto that end of the floor. He can't be taking less shots than, I mean, like if you even look at some, you can't be taking less shots from three than Julius Randle. Can't be taking less shots from three than Anthony Edwards, than like even even Tyler, Tyler Hero. Like the, the, he's got to be like, you, you pull that list up, he's got to be a top 10 three-point shooter at minimum. And if he's not by halfway through the season, I think that just might be, you know, some players just have flashy talents that are not going to translate to an efficiency level. And that that's my biggest question. Is his shooting actually going to show improvement? And if it doesn't, I don't think that his level of player is going – I think that they're smart enough to know that that's not a long-term – that's not a long-term recipe for success with Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder's there to win a championship. And if Trey Young is not going to be an elite three-point shooter, that's just not going to happen. Um, would you, do we talk about this uh, potential trade? I mean, yeah, it's, I guess it's the rumor yes. that's not really been yeah. discussed. I mean, it, it kept coming up throughout the summer, and it's come up uh, recently in August. But Pascal Siakam, um, and probably what would have to be a three-team trade, and we know that the Hawks have a trade exception. Um, some have even talked about Capella going to the Mavs in this three-way trade. But ultimately, how good? does this team become if a trade arose for Siakam? What level of team does that become? I mean, when I'm hearing it, I'm kind of like, yeah, that would be that would be a really great fit. He'd definitely uh, get them some upside defensively. They'd be, he'd be kind of the two-way mm-hmm. guy that they haven't had. Mm-hmm. But then in terms of fit, I'm also like, is he going to be great alongside Trey Young? Is he kind of the guy to help unlock a guy like Trey Young? then I might be like, maybe not so much. And it might be a little bit better, especially for a guy like Murray, if he had more shooters around him rather than a two-way guy who is going to score the basketball well and defend well. I think think I'd be looking at more guys who are more 3 and D to to fill out this team rather than Mm. another star. Mm. That's that's a really interesting point because I think you kind of just – there's two ways to look at it is like talent accumulation is like, can we get enough talent here and then figure it out? Um, and I think that's what the best teams have done, but also we've seen a lot of accumulation of talent that's not led to anywhere recently, but he is a guy that since winning a championship with Kawhi has been able to put the ball in his hands a lot more, play a lot more in pick and roll in isolation and in the mid post. And that's not necessarily something that translates with Trey young, but it's I I think he's he's a better scorer. I, ironically, like I I honestly think he could be in certain situations a better scorer than than Trey and Murray. Yeah. Trey Young's gonna be consistently a better scorer, like on a on a night to night basis. But I don't think you can take Siakam out of the game as much as you can take Trey Young with intensity of defense. And I think that's an important thing in the playoffs is when you take Trey Young out of the equation, everything kind of falls apart. When you build everything off of one player's abilities, like if you try to double Trey Young and you and you leave you leave off Capella, like that that's a very simple recipe for 
you know, forcing other players to do well. And then if you have three guys, if you have Murray, you have Siakam, and you have Trey Young out there, you have three options that are able to score on their own. That That's one thing that I think about, aside from the fact that it kind of disrupts that balance of having two ball-dominant players and you're already trying to figure out how to work both of them into a system, that's a complicating factor. But ultimately, like if, if that's a if that's an accumulation of talent that makes it work, I think that those three and the depth that they have at, at the wing position, I mean, they, they'd give Milwaukee and Boston problems. Like, I think they'd be right. And I, I would rate them over Philly. I'd rate them over Miami, just given Siakam's defense, his ability to, to score, his rebounding, and just his tenacity, like having a guy like that on this team and you put him next to Okongwu, those, those are guys that are going to give uh, those teams problems. I, I would not be surprised if they aggressively push for that because they, they really need – it, this looking at this roster, they need a bit more to challenge yeah. in the East. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think uh, think about it on the whole team. You think that as a, even a small ball lineup, and you had certain situations where Siakam might would possibly even be playing the five. Then you could see so really yeah. they could do they could definitely do yeah. some damage there. They'd have the the three 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 different uh, elite scorers, and then uh, and then uh, shooters around that. Like there's definitely. When you think about possible rotations and that, there's situations where it could, it could definitely work. And, and the talent that Siakam is and the, the fact that he's not like all about himself, all oh, the guy has to have the ball. I think he'd, he'd be come in and he'd make uh, the adjustments that he needed to make to to fit in, I'd say more so than you think of uh, some of the other guys and maybe more so than you think of like Murray or, or, or Trey Young. Yeah. What, what player do you expect to see the most growth from this offseason? You had to pick one. Who's, who's going to see the biggest jump in minutes or efficiency, scoring, defense? That's going to make the most impact for this team. This is probably my heart saying it a little bit, but I, I've watched him since he was in college, and I think AJ Griffin. I think mm-hmm. he get, gets more of an opportunity and what he can bring to this team. No more Collins in the way. I think I think he you could see a nice jump from him, and he could be a really efficient three point shooter and a really good role player for this team. Yeah, I mean, looking at his shot attempts, I mean, he only had 19 minutes a game. He's a rookie. Um, but one thing that you love to see, he played 72 games last season. Mm-hmm. And a guy who's had two knee surgeries in the past, you want to be careful with that, um, especially for a team that's just had insanely bad luck with injuries to their young wings. I think that he's a guy that not only we've seen how good he can be from three, um, and his attempts there were not even great. Only 3.8 attempts per game. Shot 50, and he shot 54% from two off of those two points. I, I think that he's a guy that you've seen in college. He's a great movement shooter. He can come off the screens, and he he can really be confident in those actions a little bit more than uh, Sadiq Bey. So that that's going to be an interesting thing where Sadiq Bey, he's the veteran. He's a guy that's wanted to expand his game. He's a guy that wants to have more variety to his scoring than just being tucked away in a corner or tucked away in the wing as the third option on the play. But I think A.J. Griffin could easily be a primary uh, scorer just off the ball. I think you can rely on him. So if, if that's that's a quick development that you can see just depending on how the hierarchy goes in training camp. Mm-hmm. And A.J. AJ Griffin, I think he's a better talent. He's got more scoring potential. He's got great movement as a as a defender, and I think he's, he's a much better defender than than uh, than Sadiq Bay. 
So that, that that's going to be an interesting uh, fight there, especially how the the rotation plays out. If they're both going to be fighting for the same position, maybe put them both out there. Um, how good can can Jalen Johnson be? Is my question. Yeah, probably not. I mean, probably he's probably going to be probably going to be the same player. But I think potential wise, like you don't have John Collins there. That's thirty minutes a game. Thirty minutes a game to eat up, and you're going to want to give minutes to AJ. You're going to want to give minutes to Bay. But I I think Sadiq Bay is. I think he's a 25, 26 minute per game player. I don't think I don't think you want to give him 30 minutes. I don't think you want to give in to this uh idea of him being like an ISO scorer. That that's just I, I think there's situations where he can be that at times uh, for second units, but giving Jalen Johnson a chance, giving some of these guys a chance, because I said like Siakam is a missing piece that I think that they would need. But without a big trade, I think having some emerging talent for a deeper team is needed because you look at that bench and you're going to rely on a lot of um, production from, from guys who, you know, are just not ready for that. And it can't all just be relying on Bogdan. I think there's a lot of times where it's like, if, if the starting unit's not playing, it's gotta be Bogdan's gotta have a crazy night and he's not been healthy. I mean, he only played 54 games last season. He's consistently dealt with injuries. So some of these young guys, you got to have your, your growth from a guy like Jalen Johnson in order for this to come up. And same with the Okongwu, played 80 games last season, only 23 minutes, really did not have the chance to to shine yet with with Capella there. I think th- those three names right there, I don't know who's going to make a big jump, but out of them, I think that's that's a chance for their team to get a little bit deeper than I look at it right now as it stands. Yeah, yeah, I think that think I think that's fair. I think they also they they uh, they got Patty Mills in, I think so. They're going to need him to get back to a sort of level where he can be. He can score like ten points a game off the bench. That that that'd be needed for them. I don't know if he can still do that. He does but, that for like two weeks of the year, and, and it's yeah. amazing. You're like, oh, Patty Mills still got it, and then he just disappears <laughs> off the rotation. It's like he got tired. He's done. Uh him or Kobe Bufkin. You know, I'd be yeah, interested maybe if he gets any sort of minutes. Uh, uh, he's a guy I'm excited about, but unfortunately, it's in a in a team where he's probably not going to get too much minutes. But at least they're the team that are going to be wanting to win and maybe. It'd be a right situation for any sort of time that he does get, so that that yeah. could be could yeah. be interesting. All right, but yeah, Kobe Buffkin the- though, I, I need to say he's gonna destroy the G League. Like he's gonna he's gonna yeah. average like thirty five points a game in the G League. I, don't, I I'm not gonna watch G League game, but I know that's gonna pop up. It's gonna be like Kobe Buffkin is the NBA ready? Just dropped forty. Like he's he's that kind of guy. Yeah, I think that I think that's fair. But Hawks in the hole there. They were a top ten offense last year, third in points per game. The defense can catch up a bit, little bit. They can get a bit more efficient. They can definitely be a playoff team this year. But at the same time, if Trey Young is not buying in and they don't make a move for a guy like Siakam, they could easily be in the exact same situation that they're in this season. And that's just not good enough for, for a team that just brought in Quinn Snyder as their head coach mm-hmm. who have invested in a big trade like DeJounte Murray. They believe in this star player like like Trey Young. He, he needs to get on the old... Uh, the old De'Aaron Fox train and show us why the Hawks believe in him, uh, believe in him so strongly. But the room to improve is there. Let's go and see if they can do it. Moving on to a team that are probably going to really overtake the Hawks. That 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 you you stole my my transition here. I, I think the mm-hmm. Hawks got to answer those questions because there is a team that I think very well could overtake them on this, uh, you know, eight seed, nine seed, ten seed kind of situation. The, the Orlando Magic. They're exciting to me, man. Where, where do you first, where does your head go when you think about the Orlando Magic? 
I mean, the the big question is, are they done being a losing lottery team and are they ready now to be wanting to win and be competing to be in the play-in this year? Because they've had 10 losing seasons out of the last 11. They were obviously in the playoffs twice then, but they only had one winning season that time. They were 13th last year, 34 and 48. Can they now go and be a play-in team in the Eastern Conference this season? Easy answer is yes. Uh, so we start off looking at their their over under 36 and a half. I mean, oh, I'm taking three, the over in that. Uh, you're taking the over? Year. Yeah, I'm taking the over in that. 100%. Okay. They won okay, 100% games last year. Yeah. They, they can easily they can easily win even if it's just 37, they can definitely do that. I think they could definitely win 41, 42 games, maybe more. Yeah, I I don't I don't disagree with that optimism. Um I don't I don't think I had that optimism from you last time. So I I I'm happy that you've uh change your tune a little bit on the magic but um i think that it's easy to look at this team and look at the youth that they have and look at continuity that they now have and the fact that things have kind of began to crystallize around a star um paulo bancaro and let, let's just jump into that i mean that a lot of the questions about how good they'll be next season obviously will relate to the other guys but paulo bancaro um had an I mean, an obvious rookie of the year type season, uh, average 20 points per game. And he's a guy that you saw him put the ball on the floor, be comfortable taking a lot of shots, be comfortable playmaking too, and have the physical ability to play the four and the five. And he's showing that last part now in the World Cup. Like that that's where I want to jump into very specifically. Paulo Bencaro playing the five, playing defense, rim protecting. And just be using his his athleticism, like on full display. How does that shape where you think he'll be next season? Without getting into some crazy conversation about whether Paulo Bancaro will be an All Star. <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously it's exciting. It's it's really interesting after like having such a great rookie year, and it's not just straight into a a normal off season where he maybe take the foot off the gas. You're not always working on it. He's gone now and playing with Team USA, playing in the World Cup. There's expectations on them within that team, and they're giving them uh, they're giving them a lot of confidence. I'd say with the the positions that they're putting in, the time that he's getting to play, playing with some of those other guys who, like we said before, it's not really a team of established stars, but it's certainly there's a few guys that have been around the league a little bit longer than Paolo, but he's playing there and he's looking good alongside them and working with guys like like Eric Spolstra and Steve Kerr. Like, how can that not have a positive impact on him going into his uh, going into his second year in the league? Yeah. Um, and Paolo, where what's his ultimate position going to be? Is he going to be at the four, at the five? That that's an interesting question to to answer. If he will be, how many minutes will play at both? He only played fourteen percent of his minutes last season at the five. Maybe you get a little bit more confidence now him doing that. Uh, the World Cup. But where where do you want to see him? And maybe like, what's your ideal starting lineup for this team? I mean, with all the guards that they have, you have to think that he'll play a little bit more time at the mm-hmm. five this year. But in terms of like a starting five, I guess you'd look at it and you'd say it's probably Fultz. Fultz had a nice bounce back year last yeah. year. Still can't shoot the ball really, but other than that, it was still it was it was a good bounce back year for him playing sixty His games. Mid-range. His mid range, he can shoot the mid range. Yeah, now. like playing sixty games that was that was huge for him. Uh, in terms of the other guard position, that's obviously a bit up in the air. Then you know you got Franz Wagner. Bancaro and Carter Jr. The the other guard spot is the is the big question because obviously yeah, Harris was a big 
plus for them mm-hmm. last year who played he had 42 starts, shot 43% from deep. He was their only player with two makes a game and the only player who shot above 39% for this Magic yeah. team. So it's kind of hard to think that the, he's not going to be important to this team this year. But then obviously you've got the the rookie in uh, in Anthony Black. You've still got Sug. You've still got Cole Anthony. So I think... I feel like they might start the season with Black, see how he goes as a rookie. I feel like he could be in and out of the starting team a little bit. But it's it's who's going to fill that role for the most part. It's still kind of a bit a bit up in the air there. Yeah, that's it's right now it's Gary Harris's job to lose. I mean, the, the three-point volume that he had is feels pretty normal. Like two attempts per game, 4.5. Like that's not jumping off the page. But the fact that he did it efficiently and he's the only guy who's doing it, that's – that for me is like when we talk about the over under, like what could go wrong for this team because we can't expect just normal, just linear trajectory. They're just going to get better. That's still a big problem. I love their roster flexibility. I love their depth. I mean, you got three guards that you can choose from. I mean, I, I don't believe Cole Anthony long term, but I mean, a, a guy that you give him minutes, he's going to produce, he's going to score, he's going to um, create for this team. Markel Fultz to a greater degree on both ends of the floor as well. Jalen Suggs, big question mark for me. Um, Is he going to um, follow the trajectory of someone that we will not name from the Detroit Pistons? Because I'm done hating on our boy Hayes. I already named him. But is he (laughs) going to be a Killian Hayes? Because I'd hate that. Because Killian Hayes, great player, had had so much potential coming out of France. And I I think you, we really, I I really thought along with a lot of people that Killian Hayes is the type of guy that was going to use that athleticism, that defense, that shot creation, that, that IQ you saw, and that was just going to translate. And every year it was like, well, look, Killian Hayes is playing more. He's such a good defender and he can, he can really create. It's just the fact that they know he can't shoot. So once you can shoot, then it'll work. Jalen Sowell has got to prove that, especially now it doesn't matter what he, it doesn't matter. He's a top 10 pick because you have Paolo Bancaro. So you need to figure out who's going to be alongside him long term, and that that's the one that that's one thing that I look at when you're trying to figure out who's going to be in that starting five long term. Is you'd love to have Suggs and Fultz out there. It's if you could probably work them th- there alongside Bancaro because Bancaro really will be the focal point. He will be the hub of the offense, and you get some secondary playmaking from both those guards. So it doesn't really matter that Suggs is probably better suited as a secondary playmaker that probably fits better, but it's the shooting. And I, we're not going to hold our breath again for false to shoot. We, I liked what I saw from him. Uh, we shot 54% uh, from uh, inside the arc. That that's you, you can, if you can create off the dribble in the pick and roll, that is something you can work with. Like there, there's, there's going to be some times where he's just going to be left wide open and that's, you're going to have to address that with more shooting and you can't address that with Suggs next to him. But imagine the defensive potential with Fultz and Jalen Suggs out there. Like if, if Suggs, that's why I hate asking this because it, it feels like you're, you're, you're doing the whole Killian Hastings again, but if Suggs can, can shoot like respectively, like their defensive potential with those two in the backcourt, their defensive potential with having uh, Jonathan Isaac back, not sure if you throw him in the rotation. Seriously, I I, I know I I don't pose that very often because he's he's been back, so injured. Back before he's gone again. <laughs> yeah, but but just the it's it's tantalizing to think about the the defensive weapons that they can put out there, and then you have 
an incredible offensive talent in Paolo Bancaro, who's now showing that he can play not just so he's he can play the five because I, I think that was that was tough to create this roster in a way uh without him having a little bit more ability to move out to the five um he's never going to play the three i mean it's that's not going to happen but that those are developments that i think that could hold them back if that shooting doesn't improve from some of the guys then it doesn't matter how much better ben carroll gets this offense still kind of comes to a standstill Mm-hmm. Yeah, the lack of shooting is definitely is definitely a big deal with them. I think the defense is kind of the thing that they've always been able to get with the under this coach. They've, they've the defense have always been able to get a tune on the defensive end. I mean, they were seventeenth uh, two years ago, then they were sixteenth rated last year. It's just the offense is kind of on a on the on the opposite end. They're kind of really bottom five, struggling to to get any sort of consistency. And you just you're looking at it, and you're thinking you, that's the aim for this year. They sustain the defense. They they keep that as top 15. They can get the offense somewhere close to that. And that's when you're thinking if they're doing that, that means they're going to be in contention to be in the playing this year and get back uh, get back moving towards towards the playoffs. I mean, the size that they could potentially have in this team is is pretty unbelievable. Obviously, no seven-footer or anything. They don't have ball ball anymore. But they got Bankero, who's 6'10", Wagner, who's 6'9", uh, Carter Jr., 6'10". If Black can nail down a starting spot, he's six seven. Like there's, there's serious size within this team, and there, there's one area I want to see them improve is in their rebounding. They, uh, they need to, they need to bump that up j- just a little bit. They were, they were a solid team last year, but I think the size they have in this team, a guy like Franz Wagner needs to up, up, uh, up the amount of rebounds he gets he, a game for his position and for his size. And then assist wise as well, you think Bancaro is going to improve his playmaking? I think Wagner can do that as well. And they're two like broad but small adjustments that if I see a nice bump in that for uh for the Magic, you know the things are going in the right direction for them this year. Yeah, I think the 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 rebounding is by committee with this team. I mean, you see every, everyone everyone can rebound on the same Bancaro Wagner. I mean, obviously Wendell Carter. Uh, he's never been a, a turret like a a board, a glass eater. He's not going to be that kind of guy. Um, but I mean, Fultz can rebound for position. Suggs, I, I believe, he's going to be a great rebounder for his position. Um, but I, I think a question that I have, like you naming all those guys and the potential, like I, I, I don't think the full potential of this team we'll see for three years. But the question we're going to begin to ask this season is. Besides Mancaro, like who who's initiating offense? Who is the focal point? Because Franz Wagner, great playmaker. Like he's he's got great he, he can really make the right reads. He's he's not a he's not the primary playmaker for sure. But as a secondary guy, like he even is his rookie year, like always makes the right pass, knows how to relocate, is just a very smart player. Um, he's a guy that I think will like fit to the mold of whatever the team wants to do, because he can do so many different things. But he's a guy that also I think your te- your at his full potential as a playmaker will benefit from being that guy. But then Anthony Black, I think a really interesting thing watching his tape um, after the draft is his ability as a playmaker. And he plays like a he plays like a point guard at times with, with his six seven size. I mean, defensively, that's where you really love to see him shine. But his ability to playmate for others is there, um, and that's probably one of his best traits. Not really a, an off ball guy, but maybe what he can do on the ball. And then obviously you talk about their guards and that, that kind of all of this kind of leads to 
who emerges this season as that second guy, third guy. And going back to Suggs, like this all puts more pressure on him because it's not like it's not like they have traditional wings, traditional catch and shoot guys, guys who need the ball fed to like if if Suggs is not is not taking lead as a, a lead playmaker, then there, you don't need him. I mean, Anthony Black can can be that and offer more size. Yeah, and you can you can get more playmaking out of Franz Wagner, and you can probably get better shooting out of both of them if he doesn't improve that as well. So I think all, all this points to there, there's going to be guys on this team that ultimately you'll see at the end of the season are not going to be long-term fits. And you hope it's not a guy like Suggs. I, I mean, I'm, I'm beginning to question whether or not he's the next Killian Hayes. Cause I'm, I'm, I was very excited about him coming out of Gonzaga, very excited about his athleticism, very excited about his like maturity as a player, his, his explosiveness as an athlete, like his tenat, like this guy, anytime he's on the floor, you can, he really wants it. Like he's a high effort player and having a high effort player with that level of talent. Like you imagine that's something that turns into something special, but it's, it's getting crowded there. So he needs to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's going to have the opportunities this year. It's just a question of now he's in his third year. Obviously he had a, he had a pretty solid rookie year. Then he's, he regressed in year two. This is the year, I think, where we see is he going to be a guy that that really wants it. He's committed to, to, to this game and committed to be the best that he can be. This is the year we're going to see it. I'm not saying he has to come out and be like the third star on this team, but he has to come out and really improve his game and really show that he can be a starter. He can make the right adjustments, the right reads on the offensive end, and be that uh, that solid defensive piece as well. Because if he can do that, that that changes things for this this Magic team, and it gives you more faith that. There's no, there, there isn't that many moves that we have to to make to to complete this roster. We just kind of have to to give it a bit of time to to wait on these guys to develop and not think that we have to move on from these guys. So yeah, that that's true. The patience is important, and I think I'm not I'm not saying like this season will be like the determining season, but I think for just Suggs, like, I think it could be the yeah. the, the way they're how guard heavy they are. I think I think it could be. Yeah. Um, so we still take you're smashing that 36.5. Yeah. Putting that over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll take them to win. I, I even I won't even go too high. I'll take them to win 38 games this year. Hmm. Hmm. That that's I I have difficulty with that. How many all-star votes do you think uh you get for Ben Carroll? He's not gonna be an all-star, but how do you think he's gonna get votes? Yeah. Well, well. I say yeah, but at the same time, I'm like, I wouldn't be super shocked if he didn't have a big jump in year two. I wouldn't yeah. be super shocked if he had a fairly similar year to 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 his rookie year. I th- I don't think that would be too surprising for me. But I also think if he's even around that mark and he's say he's up to like twenty two points and like seven boards a game or something like that, then a hundred percent he'll get some all star votes. Yeah, well let's let's do this exercise. See if they they. Are in the play-in? Are they going to be better than the Hornets? Yeah. Are they going to be better than the Wizards? Yeah. Are they going to be better than the Pistons? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. No question. I, like you didn't I, even think I about it. So. There's no thoughts. Okay, I think they're they're a little bit ahead, but we'll see. We'll see what Kate has to say about that. So that's yeah, that's three that's teams. True. Are they better than the Nets? Hmm. The roster probably makes a slight bit more sense than the Nets, but then you argue that 
the Nets maybe have a bit more a bit more veteran players that you might be able to rely on to deliver that little bit more. But I, I think I think that'll be they'll be in the conversation with them. That that's gonna be that that's a close one, right? So that that's kind of a toss up. What about the Pacers? Pacers are probably better. Probably better. So yeah. that's kind of the territory we're answering. And then the Hawks, I think the Hawks, Nets, and Pacers, those are teams that they need to get better at. But we'll a couple more. Raptors, I think they're better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless Scotty Barnes really bounces back and kind of takes over. Especially if they so trade off Siakam. We're we're really we're really predicting the downfall of the of the of the Raptors next season without yeah, Fred I, mean, Bleed, I, right? I can't I can't help if you get that feeling like uh, it, the way they've gone, the decisions they've made, I can't help but get that feeling. Okay. Um so that I mean they're they're right there. And I'm not gonna talk, I'm not gonna say the Bulls. <laughs> Bulls are gonna bounce back somehow. I think that though the Bulls are just gonna be stuck as that like just better than these developing teams, but once once Ben Caro's an all-star, like once he's that level of player then things really start to shape up. I mean, I, I think the potential of this team, you talk about all these play, all these teams here, if, if Ben Carroll turns into the player he's he's supposed to be, I mean, I, I think it becomes way less of a question. Mm-hmm. Way less of a question. I think he's that special. Like yeah. how, just just kind of looking at his rookie year, looking at in FIBA, I mean, I, I, I don't see why this can't be like a top, in the East, like top three play. Like this, they'll make the Magic potentially like a top three team in the east like four or five years from now with with that level of offense that he can bring and then if you do it on the defensive side as a five like that that's kind of scary that yeah, that's can, he make, scary can he make that switch to kind of the the anthony davis type of mold the four the four or five uh that that sort of uh that sort of area it's obviously a big, big jump to be able to make but if he, he definitely has the, the the natural talents to be able to to go and get it you just have to hope that he can fulfill on on a on his potential. And that's what this is about for the Orlando Magic. I know we're talking them up a bit here, but it's it's about patience as well. But they're definitely a team that you can keep an eye on. They were a lottery team last year, a losing team last year. I think they'll be aiming to be in the playing tournament this year. They'll be looking to to make that switch and uh and start to really look towards being a winning team from here on in. I think they've got their core. Maybe it's not all the final pieces yet, but they have their core to build on and that means they're they're looking towards winning now. And another team we should, should look towards winning is you. We got another game coming up. Uh, this, I, I uh... do. I do need to get a win, and <laughs> we 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 will make the move over to that now. What are we we go? Are we going for our draft? Are we are we drafting first? Well, I, I want you to end with a little bit of fun. I, I don't want you to end with with a loss here. We keep ending our pods on you taking an L, and I, I can't keep seeing that. It makes me sad. <laughs> I will not. T- I I'm confident today. I think I I think I've got a. I'm gonna get the W. So we're gonna go into a draft right now. We're gonna have to draft the best player possible to take on a hybrid of MJ and LeBron. We're not allowed to choose MJ or LeBron, but we're gonna choose off body, IQ, scoring, three point shooting, defense, and handle. We gotta choose the build the best possible player from that. All right, so so basically, like alien, like if we're doing a uh, another space jam, like the aliens have come down, they've stolen DNA from MJ, and they've stolen DNA from from LeBron James, and they've created a, a crazy squad uh, combined of Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and how are we going to beat this? We gotta we gotta first pick our uh, physicals. What's what what we're gonna we'll discuss this. I, I won't I won't steal it. 
What are we going to pick for physicals? I got an interesting name in mind, but I'm curious who you're thinking of. No, we're talking physical here. We're talking talking body athleticism, though. We're, we're yeah. thinking about. We we can't have him be too slow. We can't have him be too big. We got to have like a, a kind of a hyper athletic in between a wing and a big, but can play big, play fast. What are you thinking? My feeling is Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Is he, is he, he feels a little bit, a little too slow. I don't know. Actually, Anthony Davis. I had a weird one. I had a weird one. And yours is let's probably the right here. answer. Let's sit, let's sit this here. We can go, we can make our, each of our own. We each had to make one. Uh, let me have Anthony Davis's body and, and you can take your own body. Well, let's do it like that. Right, and and we'll, we'll pick from that. Okay. That, that's fine. I, I had a weird one. And this is probably the wrong answer, but uh, I, I just think about like a, a guy with the strength of, of Zion Williamson, a guy with with coast to coast uh, uh, speed. Sean Kemp was kind of a a beast. Like when I think about beasts, like in our in our generation, I won't go as far back as 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 uh, as like the the 60s, 70s, some of those players. But Sean Kemp, I, I'm I'm taking Sean Kemp from uh, physicals. Okay. Okay. I, I, I like that. Yeah. No, let's let's do it like that. We'll, we'll go. We'll go head to head here. We each get to make our. We each, we can each make our own picks. So, what do we go for next? Do we go for IQ next? Yeah. Who's 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 the the craftiest, smartest player? I'm gonna take a guy mm-hmm. that we were talking about a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Larry Bird. Yes, sir. Larry Bird. Larry Bird. I think as as we were going over like like best playmakers and stuff like that. That. that his his IQ sticks. So I'm I'm picking Larry Bird. So you got I got the body of Sean Kemp, IQ of Larry Bird, throwing fakes all over the place, juking everybody out, and his body's not going to break down this time. <laughs> Which is going to be a little crazy. He's going to have Sean Kemp's like crazy, crazy craziness. That's true. That's true. And what about, what about scoring? Obviously, we can't take we can't take Jordan. We can't take we can't let take LeBron. I'm 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 feeling towards the modern times, three level. We got I'm I'm, I'm thinking Kevin Durant. That's fair. That's fair. I figured if you can't pick Jordan, I'll just pick his clone. He's already a clone. It's Kobe Bryant. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think that that's that's probably fair. That's the other. I actually didn't even think of that. That was so. That was so obvious. Yeah, I think that. I think that's fair. And then we got to go with the the easy peasy one: three point shooting. Uh, Markel Fultz. Say it on three, Markel. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Mark and then. Uh, uh, I think we got. I think there's Steph Curry. There's no other option there. Steph Curry, great oh, Ray, Ray Allen. Throwing a little Ray Allen, or you throwing a little. Uh, Every type of three Reg, point Reggie, shot. It's Reggie it. Miller. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's Steph, Curry. Steph Curry. Is it Clay Thompson? I'd lean Steph towards. Curry. I tell you one thing though. I take Reggie Miller over Ray Allen. Ah. <sighs> That, that's that's a debate for another day. <laughs> two two different two different kinds of three point shoot. That, that's a little a little different. But um, I I I'd take Clay. I'd take Clay if I, if I'm gonna want a team. If I'm gonna have to clone five guys, give me Clay. You're Doesn't even have Clay to dribble. And I'm, the, and the, I'm best, the best okay. the best shooter the best shooter with the least dribbles in the history of the NBA. Best 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 off ball shooter in the NBA. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. All right. What about defense? I'm taking it. I'm going easy here. I had I had a couple of options ahead. I'll go, I'll go for the dream. I'll go for Hakeem the dream. Hakeem Elijah on for my defense. Interesting. Uh, I'm thinking I, I want to 
because you got to have someone who can play on the perimeter. Who's going to have the defensive instincts to defend Michael Jordan? Who's going to have the defensive strength, that core strength to defend uh, Michael Jordan? Who's going to have not not a lot of people on this planet, but I got to think that who would have the intensity, who would have really that that mindset. I'm going to go with a modern day guy. And this is going to sound crazy, but of our time, I'm going to give it to Marcus Smart. I'm, I'm going to put Marcus Smart Marcus in that defense. Smart. That I'm going to I'm going to take Marcus Smart because I thought you were going Kawhi Leonard, but yeah, come because on, come on. because because he's willing to defend one through five. He's willing to go for he's diving for balls and and we need someone who can flop like it's the modern NBA. He's going to be the best flopper. Like imagine the best player in the NBA. He's also the best flopper in the NBA who can match that with defense at all five levels. And if you gave Marcus Smart the body of Sean Kemp, he's destroying everybody. That, that's that's my okay. pick. Okay, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Now I like I like how you when you explained it out, I, I I actually quite like that. Okay, finishing out then, handle, take it easy. <laughs> Give me Kyrie Irving. Okay, so like Kyrie was interesting, and I was like that that seems like the easy answer. Um, I have I have a very outside take on this. One of my favorite handles of all time. Jamal Crawford. Ooh. Jamal Crawford. And I was stuck between, because um, I feel like Kyrie's the easy answer, but here's the thing. LeBron James, he knows his handles. LeBron James knows how Kyrie likes to play. So I, I can't I can't give him a player he knows how to defend. So I was stuck between AI or Jamal Crawford, but but give me Jamal Crawford. One of the best has these, one of the best crossovers league's ever seen LeBron knows that handle but when he's got Anthony Davis's body doing that handle he might not he might not know what what uh, what he's got coming at him but uh, well he knows he knows you're picking too many players LeBron knows man he he knows AD he knows Kyrie yeah they got the 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 shake-up still there that's still I still think that uh my 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 guy my guy my guy's taking the taking the wins there I think I don't know about you but you see our teams there now We'll let you guys make the call on this. This is a tough one to call a winner on, but we'll let we'll let uh we'll let you, the fan base, make make the call on which uh which which side did uh did a little bit better there. Well, we won't we won't make the call ourselves for once. Are you ready to lose this game? Oh, I'm so ready to lose the final game. A new a new segment here. We're gonna get is a is a guess who of the NBA. Let's let's Chris explain it to everyone. All right. So essentially, we're gonna find a player um with some interesting points, and we're gonna. F- basically start off with four questions and you get four points. If you answer the player off of that first clue, three points, second, and so on set two points for uh, getting on the third clue 1.0. If you don't even guess it at all, <laughs> I say let, let's start off easy. Like hopefully like, like our goal is to get at least six points out of these three players, but we're going to go head to head. We're going to so- see who gets the most points. And I was pretty fair. I don't know how unfair you were with yours, but I, I figure these are pretty fair. And I'll start off. I'll, I'll let you I'll let you start. So this first player st- uh, ended the season last year with the second most triple doubles in the league. Can you guess who had the second most triple doubles in the league? Luka Doncic? That is so close. Luka Doncic. At a third most. Ooh. So going on to the second clue. And I think you're going to nail this. His dad was a great player in the NBA. Not one DeMontis of the greatest, Sabonis. It was. All right. Ronan clock in with, with three points to start off. All right. Nice. 
See, I, I told you to crush that one. There you go. That was generous. The the dad thing that helped. Yeah, uh, it was thinking it made sense as soon as you said it. When I heard the dad thing, I was like, oh, okay, I got this. Yeah, I, I have an interesting fun fact about the dad before we move on to your question. But uh, I was reading up on it. His dad played for the Soviet Union, so I think it's kind of crazy that his dad went from playing for the Soviet Union during the Cold War to then coming over and playing for the Portland Trailblazers, like in America. So I, it's very very interesting, like time. If I can't imagine the stories uh, that they have about that, but. There's your fun fact about it. Here's your trivia fact of the day for the Sabonis family. Moving on. Let's see how I do with yours. Okay, I got a very easy one. A very a very easy one to start now. At. So my guy in 2023 averaged 26 points and 10 assists per game. 26 and 10. 26 and 10. Um Nikola Jokic. No, oh man, I'm disappointed, brother. You should have done better there. All right, clue what? number two. Just kidding. I was named to the All NBA team in 2022. In 2022. So, all right. So, to clarify, he was named in 2022, but not in 2023. He was not on the. Oh, who was 26 and 10, and did not make it to the All NBA team. Oh. Oh. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, uh, oh my goodness. LeBron James? Did LeBron not make it? No. Oh man, you are struggling here. Dude. (laughs) Next clue. Next clue. My team had a 41 and 41 record in 22-23. Who was 500? 26 and 10. 26 and 10. Is it? And oh my God, I just realized what you were thinking right now. And uh, I feel like I've done you in. It was the, not 10 rebounds, it was 10 assists. No, no, I I, I thought it was I thought it was 10 okay, assists. Okay, okay, okay. Um so like all right, so this is a five hundred team. So that means they're they're a playing team essentially. They're a playing team, and team who didn't make, he didn't make an All NBA team because of that. Um. So. That really, I mean, not on the Pelicans, not a, oh. Was it nah? Shea did not have ten assists per game. Um, it wasn't. Oh man, give me the next one. Come on, I gotta have more more simple. I can make it for you. This team plays in the Eastern Conference. In the Eastern Conference, average twenty four clues now. You're getting zero points right now. No, no, no. I get one point if if I get it on the fourth clue. Okay, okay. Don't play. It's not. I feel like it. Jimmy did not average ten assists. Oh man, I'm feeling so bad for you right um, now. We talked about yeah. him earlier on this podcast, man. Oh, nah. Really? Oh my god, it's Trey Young, isn't it? It is Trey Young, yes. Yes. Give me that one point. Give me that one point. I'll give please. you that I'll give I will <laughs> give you that one point now. I, I I will I will do that to you now. You didn't you didn't have to give me the last clue. I I, I won't be so kind. Man, okay. All right. All right, uh, so I was I'm, really I'm, like, I'm who is averaging three, 10 one? assists? Yeah, that's that's three. Who's three, averaging one. 10 okay. assists? All right. 
this player had the highest block percentage in the league last season. Block percentage. Anthony Davis? Nope. This player played for the U.S. Virgin Islands in 2014 as he was born in St. Thomas and was eligible to play for that team. 2014. Ooh, this is a while back. So it's a something of a veteran. Hmm. We'll say he's, he's a young, young veteran. A young veteran. Okay. Um, no, no, I think I'm going to, no, I think, I think, I think I'm going to need another clue. He was a second round pick and was never traded. Second round pick and he was never traded. Highest block percentage. Highest block percentage. Ooh, man. So that tells you but let, let's let I'll, I'll help you think through this. Who you gotta think who's who's the the highest uh block percentage guys and who is not a first round pick? Oh man, whenever I hear not a first be, round pick, all I think who could potentially be Caribbean. <laughs> who could potentially be I'll get at it. Who could potentially be Caribbean? Who could potentially be the highest block percentage? And who was a second round pick? Young Caribbean guy, second round pick, highest block percentage in the league. Oh no, no, it's not happening for me. You gotta you're gonna have to give me the conference or something. You gotta I gotta be able to get a guess at this. All right, he's in the Eastern Conference and used to play behind a former clipper. A former Clipper. Very frustrating for us to Al watch Horford. him play. No, no, not Al Horford. Is it? No, who, who did he? Al Horford's already started. I'll I'll yeah. let you rescind that. You you, you're, <laughs> you you just you, you just let that slip out. I'm I'm gonna give you a pass there. Oh man, I am. Uh, he played behind a former. It's so frustrating for us to watch him play behind a former Clipper because that former Clipper just could not play anymore. He's so slow, looked lazy on defense. And as soon as he was able to start, had a had a breakout year this year, Eastern Conference Caribbean guy. Eastern Conference. Oh my God! I'm definitely going to get so annoyed when I don't it's when I don't get this. Three, two, one. It is Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton. Oh man. Nick Claxton. That was good. Oh, yeah, that's. I think that's oh, a good exercise man. though, because Nick Claxton had a great season this year. Went a little bit unnoticed because of all the stupid Nets news, but high that seven blocks. I, the blocks. I should have got that. that I, I didn't even yeah. think of Nick Claxton when I when I heard blocks. Yep. That should have clicked. That click should have clicked sooner. Yep. Higher than Brooke Lopez. Higher than Rudy Gobert. Higher than uh, Kessler. So. Interesting. Yeah, that was that was that was good. Now, uh, yeah, right, three but... to one still. Three to one, yeah, I struggled there. I, I got too cocky after that first one, you know. <laughs> okay, here's Al, Al Horford. <laughs> Al Horford, that just slipped out. I think not, not American. That was just Al Horford. Al Horford. Uh, uh, all right. So next guy, averaged twenty point three points per game on forty three percent three point shooting, both career highs last year. Both career highs. Both career highs. How many attempts? These are very specific stats, running. This mean, this mean. How many attempts? Give me the attempts. Give me the high the volume. Attempts. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. That, that's very. That's very different. That's very different from like two attempts per game shooting forty three or that's, volume that's shooter. That's fair. That's fair. This is a guy. I, I'll put it to you this way. I'll, I'll look up the stats now. But this guy is getting, is 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 getting the, uh, is definitely 
shielding the ball quite often. All right. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking a guard. I'm thinking 6.2 attempts per game. 6.2. Okay. So it's pretty solid. So that puts him like right in the top 10 of, of attempts per game. And that being a career high, he hasn't done this before. I'd say he's probably like a third year player, maybe. Um, that seems like a great breakout year. So maybe it's a breakout year guy, 20 points per game. So he's not really in that all-star status yet. So if I'm thinking about that, ooh, all right. I am going to guess uh, Desmond Bain. No, it is not Desmond Bain. But uh, I, li- I like what you're thinking there because the next clue is that I'm going into my fourth NBA season. So you're on the money there with your thinking uh, about the third year your guy. Fourth NBA season. Um, can, can, was any of my other presumptions about his position correct? Yes. Okay. So a shooting guard going into his fourth season. Um, okay, so that means he was drafted in 2019. So if I'm thinking about the 2019 draft, who am I thinking of? Oh man, dude, I, I'm I'm gonna get destroyed in this. This is tough. 2019 draft guard. Uh dude, this is hard to think on the spot. <laughs> Next. Next, he plays in the Eastern Conference and played in the playoffs last year. Giving you a double doubling down for you there to give you a bit of extra help. Oh, okay, Darius Garland. No. Oh, man, you need you need you need do you need another clue? I I mean, this is my last clue, right? I'll put it to you this way: this guy has been a guy that I have always liked from his rookie year. You are slowly coming around on him, but it's a guard who plays in the East that I've always I've always been a fan of. Oh man, it's Tyrese Maxey. It is Tyrese Maxey. It is one it is one point for you there. I'm still I'm still taking oh, I'm still in the lead. That was a nice, that was that was a generous clue for me. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> three to two. All right, this one I I need I need you to think about because you're gonna get it if you just if you just think you're gonna get it. Oof. So I also had I did start out with with a mean stat one. So you deserve this. He had the highest three point percentage last season, forty nine point four percent, and. Shot fifty four percent in the final twenty four games, even so the highest, most efficient three point shooter in the league. It's not an obvious answer. I'll tell you that it's not an obvious answer. Yeah, can't be. So can't be delete the first three sense. guesses you have. Yeah, like the first like ten guesses that I have. You think oh, you shot forty nine percent from deep. Yep. yep. Yikes. Ooh. What sort of range are we talking here now? We, this is a this is probably a is either a guy who was injured for a lot of the year or or nope. was a rookie who didn't really play. Is that the vibe nope. I'm getting there? Nope. No, nope. he's he's been around. No, no, I'm gonna need another clue. Come on. All right. So last season he played on two teams. Two of his total threes played on three total teams in his career. So last season, the, the played the last. He was a trade deadline guy. Played 
24 games with a different team. Not Spencer Dinwiddie, is it? Oh, that's such a good guess. That's such a good guess, and Ooh. that probably that that's that's almost there. And is that why it's Mikael is... Bridges? No, no, okay, no. <laughs> I got way too excited. <laughs> that's also not a. I mean, he he was he was shooting like crazy, but uh, not not that high. All right, this this you're gonna get just like envision a three point shooter, three point shooter that came out of Duke. He's drafted 12th overall. It's a lottery pick from Duke. Three-point shooter. Veteran. He's been around. Three different teams now. Three different teams. He was a trade deadline guy. He started, and I'll I'll, I'll make this part of this clue. So he he went, and this is the you know, this is for for two points. He went to Duke, drafted 12th overall. He's drafted in the East. And then he went to the West. And now he's Technically, in the South. Oh man, this is where my lack of college, my lack of college knowledge is gonna is gonna stump me here now. This should make it that, that, like that clue that that should that should have made it easy. Drafted and trying to think of a trade deadline moves. Wait, no, twelfth overall. No, no, no. He's a guy that we had talked about that I was really excited to add shooting to a team who really needed it. A team with 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 really big aspirations that needed another shooter on this team to really complement their their physical play, their their star. All right, you're gonna have to give me. Was that the two point? Do I get? Do I have? Is there one more clue there for me? I'm not, so I'm, not well, I'll I'll say it again though. He he played in the. He was drafted in the East. Then he got traded to the West, and then at the trade deadline, technically went to the South. The South. Drafted to the Pistons, I'll say. I'll, I'll be specific. He, I'll, this is your last clue. I'll make it specific. He was drafted 12th to the Pistons in 2017. And then he was traded in 2020 to the Clippers. And then ended up getting traded to the third team at the end of the last season. Best three-point shooting efficiency in the league. Oh, man, this doesn't help when the Pistons have just been so bad. So I forget <laughs> about all of their players, man. Uh, I can't go blank on two of them. This is this is really... I'm, I'm doing, right. I'm, I'll I'm give not you a final one for, 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 one, for one point. Uh, he... In a in another in a movie in a movie, his name was someone who had a very complicated relationship with his father. Especially when his father told him that he was his father. What? <laughs> what are you doing to me right now? Does that make it worse? Yeah, like, just I, give it I don't to know. You? Just give it to me. Luke. Luke. Luke Kennard. Huh? Luke Kennard. Yeah. Dude, it was that, right there. Did yeah. that did that even cross your mind? Did that even come it to It did not to your cross mind? my mind, but the now best, when you the said best, about highest the efficiency, point, the three point, point percentage. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Right. You can take the win now. The, the, it's I, I blanked uh, it's three, on it's, two. It's three to two. I, I need to get two to win. This yeah, might be like, a tie. Yeah, like this is a 
this is one I'm going to give you the stat line again to 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 finish last season. Fifteen points, nine rebounds, oh. four assists. Uh, okay, that's 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 interesting. Um, 15, oh. so you said fifteen points, nine boards, four assists, four assists. Jeez. Oh, okay, that's that's pretty. Fifteen points, nine boards, four assists. That's someone who saw it playing. Uh, dude, I need something besides that. I mean, give me, give me the next. Let's That's... see. This is this would be kind of an interesting one. See, you remembering back before last season, we did a video hyping hyping him up. We did a segment hyping hyping this guy's talent. Oh come on, man! What? That's so specific. It is very specific, but Scotty Barnes, not Scotty Barnes. All right, that's my that's my guess from the first one. So I'm gonna guess again. I, I didn't okay, waste my okay, guess on the okay. first one. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Uh. Ooh. I have a video in his third season. Um. How. About how about nine boards, four assists, nine boards, four assists, nine boards, four assists. Who's a big that's getting nine boards, four assists, 15 points? Um, can we say, and I, I need, I need another, I need another clue. I'll save my guess. No, 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 you know, you can keep saving all your guesses. All right. If I have to throw out a guess there, that the team that we've a guy that we've we've hyped up, um, maybe I'll say um, is is it is it Paolo Bancaro? It is not Paolo Bancaro. To, to narrow it down a little bit for you, this guy plays in the Western Conference. Um, Aaron Gordon. It is not Aaron Gordon. So now, uh, oh, uh, now you can only tie. We did we on that. Yeah, now? I can only tie. Can only tie. Bro, these are so insanely specific, man. <laughs> oh, okay. Fifteen points, nine boards, four assists. Plays in the Western Conference. We did a hype video about it. You, you, bro, I don't remember what I ate for breakfast this morning. You okay, think I know I'll it? make it real easy for you just to, to, to be able to give you the tie. The team no, that he no, no. plays for were one of were probably the busiest team this offseason in terms of additions and spending money. Oh. It's... DeAndre Ayton only averaged 15 points. No, it's not DeAndre Ayton, bro. You're <laughs> taking an L here. What, dude? Alper and Shangoon. Oh, I mean, are you, you couldn't have t- like said like he's from like he's from. I like, couldn't give you. I didn't want to give you. Turkey. Europe, Where is he from? Get it I don't remember right. where he's from. Turkey. Shangoon. He's from. Turkey. Yeah, he's from Turkey. I I was gonna. I had that written down. I was like, uh, after the Western Conference, I say this. It's gonna give it away. Oh man! Oh, I thought you man. would get it. So we this is a guy. I should have been more said. Like, but guy, we both love and we and we like. All right, you, you know, you know, what, you know what I'm about to do. I'm, I'm about to do something for you here, real, real quick. As we're, as we're wrapping up, I'm gonna look up on StatMuse. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up at StatMuse. 
uh, players that averaged 15 points, nine rebounds, and four assists last so season. <laughs> bro, bro, the, the, the amount that went in my head. What are they, like 40 players? <laughs> dude, it's, it's like, it's insane. Hold on. Like, uh, Harrison Barnes. Wait, this. When were we going to do a hype video about Harrison Barnes? Come on. Dude, Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes is. We don't do hype videos about Harrison Barnes. Dude, I, I, I would. I, well, I think. Uh, do that by yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look this up and I'm going to tell you how unfair that was. All right. Lay it on me. <laughs> uh, that, I mean, all right, maybe that was kind of specific. I'm not finding a lot. All right, I yeah, just failed that. Okay. You took two you wins today. That's I take, fine. I take the W. Uh, so we call it. What are we two 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 now? Even though this wasn't really a draft, it's another <laughs> another head to head. So we'll call it. We'll call it two two. We, we still have a still have a ways to go. We're very we're very even here on the on coast to coast. You know, we don't uh, we don't like yeah, to outshine sure. each other too much. We like to give each other a little bit of credit. But that was definitely fun, and uh, we'll we'll keep on doing that. I think I think you were a bit more creative with your. Uh, with your descriptions, I, I need to work on mine. You were, you were, you were definitely better with the the hints and clues that you were given. I gotta, I gotta do better there. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be, hopefully it'll be, it'll, it'll be easier for both of us next time. Because I mean, I crapped out on two, you crapped out on two as well. So I mean, I like, did. So I yeah, did. You, so, you did, you did get the Sabonis one eventually. That that one was that one's good. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one you gave that to me on a plate, and I, I, I shouldn't have needed the two guesses to be honest. That was that was one I, I should have, uh, I should have got, but. We'll, 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 we'll both strive to get better but that is going to do it for today's episode thank you all so much for listening and putting up with this nonsense that me and Chris have been going through the last uh, <laughs> the last couple of minutes but uh, a fun podcast as always uh, nice to finish out our, our segments on teams with the most questions to answer Hawks and Magic two teams in the Eastern Conference keep an eye on them remember you like what you are hearing please subscribe please share follow us wherever you get your podcast we are everywhere at coast to coast nba and most importantly remember to take every shot and love every moment